Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Theron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh, cry, and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Prepare your hearts and enjoy this time designed just for you. Get this party started. <laughs> I love how I never know what you're going to say. And Hootie Who was great. Like Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes. It's time to say what it is I'll see Yeah. Yep. All the 90s people. Got it. Rejoice. It's episode 46. This covers Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. This is specifically chapter 8, which we're going to cringe probably a lot behind the scenes, so check out the YouTube video. The title of this chapter is Progress, Not Perfection. Perfection is unachievable. It's a myth and a trap and a hamster wheel that will run you to death. Elizabeth Gilbert. Okay, so when you said it's a trap, it just made me think of Star Wars. It's a trap. Uh, you know, not. I need to brush up on my Star Wars. It's references. a trap. Okay, so fellow geeks, or are we geeks, nerds, or there's a Triven diagram. It's like the geek, dirt, dork, nerd Triven diagram, and it tells you which one you are based you're off on. Triven diagram is <laughs> case in point. Okay. Moving on, all that to say, perfection is a trap. (laughs) Someone out there gets it. (laughs) I like how you always make me feel so good about myself. Especially when I'm being vulnerable and putting my my nerdiness out there. You're just like, no! I just wish I did get it. Okay, your homework is watch Star Wars. Which one, though? There's so many. One of the OGs. I can't remember if it's... Is it the one with the little teddy bears in it? The Ewoks. Yeah, those guys. So, if you need a Halloween costume and a pinch, an Ewok costume is pretty simplistic. You can Pinterest it. So, maybe we'll be a bunch of Ewoks walking around for Halloween. (laughs) We'll see. Okay. So, again, with progress and not perfection, I think one of the things we need to start off with is that high standards does not mean it's perfection. So perfection, like you said in the quote, there's no there's no attaining it. Are you Jesus? No. Okay, so then it's not going to happen. So to be able to even think that you're already, that level can be attained by you, then no. And that's hard for me because I'm like, wait, this thing that I'm working really hard on, if I work hard enough, it's still never going to be perfect. So I think something that helps me, Enneagram 1, self is high standards doesn't mean you're asking for perfection. Yes, and so saying the same thing, but the way my mind has framed it is that if I'm not, you know, having the perfectionist mindset, then I'm lowering my standards. Yes. In fact, having low standards, and that's not really the case. 
you might be lowering them. You're aiming for perfection, so you're still going for a high standard. But everything that comes with with trying to absolutely achieve perfection at all times is what is not good for you. Right. Like if you have a certain, like if you're building some sort of project and you have this kind of rubric you have planned out in your head, and can you hit four out of five points on all of them? That's a pretty dang good project. So keeping Uh, that in mind. I think of people that have different projects around the house that they never quite complete Mm -hmm. because maybe they started it and figured out pretty quick it wasn't going to be exactly how they wanted Mm. it. So then they have a bunch of half-baked projects around the house. So anecdote, you might not even remember this, Baron. So when we, remember how you helped us move into our very first house, me and Morgan, whenever Mm. we got married? Yeah. Okay, so I used to work for library services and it was one of the greatest jobs ever. Thanks, Mary. So... I really like to have all my books how they would be on library shelves. So like alphabetized by the author or the Dewey Decimal System if I have nonfiction books. So again, super nerd. But I remember opening these boxes and I was trying to put them on the shelves in order as they were coming out of the box because I didn't put them in the box. Otherwise, they'd be in order going Mm. into the box. But they were not put in by me. I wonder who that could have been. So then when we were putting them on the shelves, I was trying to do this, and Farron, you were just like, what if we just get them on the shelves to start <laughs> with? And then if we have time, we'll go back and rearrange it how you want. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Well, I do this every year about the time you got to change your closet for the seasons. And so, like, instead of washing clothes, I'll just let it get astronomically out of, like, control um, because I don't want to wash the clothes and dry them and then go to hang them, but I don't really need to hang. Some need to be folded and put away, and I need to wash the winter stuff that's been in storage. First world problems, I know, but I don't want to do any of that until like I have a whole day to do it, and who has a whole day to do all that? So Zero people. Yes, yes. Instead, if I would just like do it in phases and realize it's not going to happen all in one day, I know I'm better off. So what's interesting that you said that. So as educators, we chunk our lessons, which means you do a bit at a time. Because if you did the whole thing at once, the kid's brain's going to explode. So it's just interesting to think that why would we not be the same too if we're going to try to achieve this huge project? You're not going to be able to demo the bathroom, install the tile, and redo and do the paint all in one day. Number one tile has to sit. Or like on TV, which they do in like half an hour to an hour. Oh, yes. HGTV full of lies. Yeah, they, yep. I get it. So again, if you can chunk whatever project you're working on, that might be helpful, especially if you are overwhelmed by the high standards that you have set on yourself or someone else has set for you. Uh, That that also makes me think of when we were in college, we had to write our action research papers. Mm -hmm. And man, those were long but I was so thankful because we had a certain amount of time to do the intro and then a certain amount of time to do this and then by the time you got to the end you had this million page paper and like oh okay that wasn't bad that was just one little thing at a time and then if looking back it's all done yeah so sometimes I think the perfectionist side comes out when you're at the very beginning steps and you're so concerned about the final outcome and you're not quite there yet (laughs) so if you were worrying about the final paper, and you haven't even started researching yet, you're going to get yourself really overwhelmed. 
And then just to reiterate again that there's not either high standards or low standards. And so if you choose to pull back from obsessing about perfection, you can still have high standards. There's a lot of gray area. Right. Well, we were coming out of the gate hot with lots of tips for you guys before we even jumped into the book. Yeah, don't let the... The shenanigans at the beginning of the episode fool you. Oh my. Okay, so the first section in this chapter, chapter 8, Progress Not Perfection, is called The Perils of Perfectionism. And that sounds pretty... When I hear the word perils, oh, I'm about to like wrap myself out again for being a nerd, <laughs> but it makes me think of Lord of the Rings. I don't know why. Hmm. I think they chose the word perils because it starts with a P, and so mm. does perfection. Perils of perfection. But I was also thinking perils. That's pretty pretty intense, but I think it's the alliteration that they're going for. I agree. Or, I mean, it's like the typical sermon. Everything starts with the same letter. I like it. You know what? We're just literary critics. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you turned into an evil laugh. It turned into just your laugh. Uh, because it's just so preposterous <laughs> that we think that we are literary, worthy of literary criticism. We are literally <laughs> not literary critics. <laughs> How about that a literal? Oh my goodness. Okay, so something that we kind of hinted at earlier is giving yourself space and grace. So I know that sounds kind of like, what does that mean? Let us tell you. So basically, well, we've talked about giving yourself grace mm-hmm. a whole lot, especially when we went through the Enneagram book series. That was the road back to you. And that was last semester we did oh that. So follow 2019 if you need that. But... You need to give yourself grace because you are not going to be perfect. Maybe you might get one thing and knock it out of the park and it's awesome, but then you forgot to do one other thing. Like You're never going to be perfect all the way around. So giving yourself grace there when it doesn't work out like you want to. And I need to tell myself that like every work day of my life. I was just going to say, I'm definitely one of those people that I give everyone else in my life all this grace, but I'm like so hard on myself. And so what I try to do is walk through, like, why do I give them grace? Well, if I didn't, then it caused this, either between our relationship or how it'd have a negative impact on that person. And then I kind of stop and realize, like, oh, that's the same negative impact it has on me. Listen, Um, self. (laughs) So why do I need to be easier on myself? Again, it's not lowering an expectation, But it's um, looking at maybe a more productive way to go about things. Yeah, because if we're not giving extending grace to ourselves, then that's when the inner critic can come out and just beat you over the head with stuff that doesn't even matter. Like, oh, I can't believe you didn't staple those perfectly, which it bothers me when it's not stapled perfectly. Mm. Or if the staple is too far in the papers, like we can't even flip the page. What are we doing? Yeah. Just paper clip it. If it's going to do that. Yeah. No, I hear you. Me. Um, so that's grace and then the space. So give yourself grace and space. So the space would be the stretch goals. We talked a lot about stretch goals, um, in the grit series and in the personal growth series, you need to set yourself up to where you are being stretched. So give your space, yourself space for growth, because if you're staying in the comfort zone, then you're not going to grow bottom line. So you didn't mean this, but it did make me think, Oh Lord, <laughs> Oh, she's thinking again. <laughs> Uh, sometimes when I'm working with something and it's not going the way I need it to, I literally give it space. Like, ooh, walk away, go get that stress and frustration out healthy, not with food or alcohol, although mm-hmm. those are fun. 
Um, but with exercise or just hanging out with my kids or mm-hmm. watching a reality TV show, just literal space and then coming back to revisit it. Right. So I like how you're talking about a thing and not a person because that's one of like one of the fair fighting rules we've talked about and that we've talked about with Randy in his interview. It's not like leaving the like leaving the house when you're fighting with your spouse. It's maybe you just need to you need a few minutes so you're going to back off but not leave it and abandon it. You're going to still face up to it, but you just might need a breather. Yeah. And that's normal. So did you know, Farron, that if you self-acclaimed perfectionist, they actually die earlier? I believe it. Yes. I feel myself going gray all the time. I literally like. have all the gray hairs <laughs> and the chest pains, and but I'm working on it, and it's getting better. The hairs are still gray. I'm not sure. So what are, you, back. what are you doing to help yourself? I use that spray can. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in on your insides, not on your outside. <laughs> You just set it up so nicely. Oh, are you ready? I was hoping you were going to stop right there so I could talk about using the temporary hairspray. Oh, uh, do go on. You may. I mean, it's a game changer, especially when you're in a pickle and, like, you're trying to save some money. It's great. Just don't run your fingers through your hair because then, like, your nails turn black and then your kids look at your hands funny. When Only appropriate for Halloween times. Well, yes. And then some. And then you just <laughs> got to get the right color. Otherwise, that could look like Billie Eilish kind of. Uh. Um, anywho, what do I do? Well, I have been reading and learning a lot about the brain and how it works. A lot of the books that we've reviewed have helped me. Um, there's this breathing I've read a lot about, mm-hmm. and that seems like stupid, right? Especially when you're frustrated, and then you're like, are you supposed to breathe? Or your watch, I don't have your, one. Your watch tells you to stop and breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have one of those, but my inside brain tells me, you're taking shallow breaths. Why don't you breathe? So there's this breathe box technique. Ooh. What, yeah. What's that? Well. Can you walk us through it? I sure can. Oh, Are heck yeah. Let's ready? do it. I'm ready. <laughs> so, What's going to happen? Okay, okay. I'm ready. So it's like a, a box. I do mean, I need to close my eyes for this? I mean, sure. Not, if you're driving, keep your eyes open. Okay. So you breathe in for four seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this Ready? One, two, three, four. Hold it. One. Two, three, four, release. One, two, three, four. Hold it. One, two, three. Without four. breathing in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you can stop. Can I breathe in? Okay. Breathe normally. <laughs> okay, yeah. so four, four, four. I think in... a couple of things. Okay. One, what it does is it gets more oxygen to your brain, That's which right. it turns out your brain needs oxygen. Oh no. Two, you have to concentrate so you don't pass out on your brain. <laughs> and so what that does, so the people that, you know, I don't know that this is all research-based, but one, it calms your breathing down, calms your body down, gets more oxygen to your brain. But what I really think the trick is that they never tell you, otherwise you might not do it, is it takes your mind off it for a second because mm. you have to concentrate so hard on this whole breathing technique. Mm, they ninja-minded us. Yeah, so like ultimately it. what I'm trying to get better at is compartmentalizing my thoughts. I can compartmentalize and schedule a day and activities, but my thoughts don't always stop because the school day stops. Mm, But mm. if I get busy, like I started a garden over spring break, and when I have to go out there and water it and pull some weeds, that just kind of resets me real quick. 
Nice. Okay, so that was box breathing. Boxed or box? Box. Box breathing. Yeah. One X or two? Um, I don't know. I just... X with an E. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, box breathing. So four, breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four. Yeah. And I then don't might, breathe in for another four seconds. It might actually be five, but since I had to say like in, hold, whatever, that counted as the fifth. Yeah, we'll just four, 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 four. Also, yeah. if you side note, in case you didn't know, if you have a kid who has who throws temper tantrums and threatens to hold their breath, let them because they'll pass out and their body will start breathing again. So <laughs> there's that if you needed that information. I have not personally experienced this. I learned this in one of our education classes. I don't know if you because at one point we both split off yeah, into elementary and high school. Nope. But we are not doctors, I, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Someone try it. I'm just kidding. Don't. I do not recommend. Don't voluntarily pass out. Do the box breathing techniques if you feel lightheaded. Take some more deep breaths. Seek medical attention. Carry on. Yes. So basically, perfectionists die early yes. to wrap it up because they're not breathing. And then optimists live longer. So again, there's a difference between... Uh, realistic and you're over the top op- op- optimistic but you're also realistic with it I think that's you can you can be both you can be a realist and an optimist at the same time yeah um so I know that like some people might have the thoughts because I've had them before of like well Farron if you just keep doing what you're doing look how far it's gotten you in life well sad to say if you keep at that rate you're going to die sooner than all the other people you're not gonna doing burn it. out, too. Yes. Or that, or you might end up being really successful at work, but a terrible parent or a terrible spouse. Mm-hmm. So you can't, sure, you can keep trucking along at whatever pace. Or, like, if you're 100% committed into one area and then didn't do anything else in any of the other areas of your life, make sure you're checking yourself on your core values. Yeah. So. You hear about high achievers all the time that are depressed or take their life or retired, die the next day. And um, I don't mean to, you know, not laugh in here. So there's obviously something to it. We're not just saying it to be light and fluffy. Right. And it is, there is research that says perfectionism is connected to mental health struggles. So like you were saying, Farron, that you are, if you have these so high impossible standards for yourself and you keep not meeting it and then not meeting it and not meeting it. And if you're not checking yourself mentally, depression is a very real thing that could happen for you. So making sure or anxiety, getting that out of control, those could be things that do affect you if you're not paying attention. So that would be the first section of the book, the perils of perfectionism. And on to the second section. Yes. Titled my cringe worthy workshop. So I like this part because Marie Forleo normalizes herself. So she talks about this one moment in time where she, so she was, her dream was to have this one business that she has right now and she's boss lady at it, but she had to do all these other things before. I think she was a bartender for seven years while she worked on her business until her business kept her financially stable. So this whole time she was trying to figure it out and she ended up doing a really terrible workshop it was face to face only five people came two of them were her parents (laughs) one was her neighbor and her neighbors whoever was living with her neighbor and then 
some other person on the street that literally the neighbor dragged down. It was in Marie Forleo's parents' basement, I think. Yeah. And so... Shout out Keith and Betsy. Ooh, yay! (laughs) So she just talked about how it was super cringeworthy. She was sitting there flipping through her workbook she made for everybody. Like, oh, I am preaching to my mom, my dad, my neighbor. So, but at the same time, she talks about you just need to start. And if you... If you want to have a great workshop, you have to have some before that. You're not going to just have a great workshop your very first time. Again, you're not Jesus, but <laughs> it's going to happen. So you got to think if you if you had one workshop, you can have another one. And that's one step closer to getting better. So instead of, oh, this was horrible and I'm never doing this again. Okay, everyone has an ugly one. Get it out of the way and move on. I like how people will say, like... They'll start when they have more experience, but that doesn't work like that. And it was so frustrating trying to get a job as a waitress out of high school is they wanted to hire someone with experience everywhere I went. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get experience if you don't hire me? Right. So same kind of thing. Like if you wait till Sunday, first of all, Sunday may never come. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you got to you gotta start to get that experience. So start with those that love you yeah and you have to embrace it too like everybody is terrible the first time they do something think about the first time you walked yep you fell you fell down multiple times all the time or potty training you know what Mm. you did (laughs) because your kids are doing it right now so again everybody is you've been a beginner a million different ways a million different times your whole life so don't make this any different okay you did being a beginner at driving a car keep you from ever driving a car? Boom. No, you're driving a car right now. So don't let your beginner status stop you from growing and instead just embrace it and leverage it. Yes, and some people like to compare themselves to others. And I've heard it explained of like comparing yourself to someone in a different part of the race. Yeah. So if you have zero years in the game and someone's been doing it for 10 you would hope that like when you're 10 years into it you'd be further ahead than someone just starting and so man my students when I uh, am writing in cursive they're like oh my gosh how do you do that so fast or they see me typing and I'm like I'm like 100 years old I've been doing this for 75 <laughs> years and they're like really and yes I, yes small child I am a century old well, then I get my spray can out and spray the grays so that way <laughs> they don't have to question it anymore. But the point is that I think at a very young age, whatever that is, is it egocentrism? I don't know. That you sounds through, accurate. You go through this egocentric phase in life. And so. And you're you, pulling out like old Psych 101 stuff right now. Look at I you. Got, don't go to 201. <laughs> Stay in the 101, baby. Uh, but you go through this egocentric phase of life. Where, you know, they kids just think, like, they should be as good as someone else. Like, if mm-hmm. I know how to do cursive, then I should be as good at cursive as you are. Mm-hmm. But they don't take into account age or practice and all the things that go into yeah. it. And I feel like sometimes that part never goes away. Yeah. You d- it's, I think it's a constant checking yourself on that. Even if we were doing the same thing at the same time and had the same goal... It's still going to look very different because you are not me and I'm not you. So, like, we've talked about this before, our road to getting where we are in our careers right now. We have the same type of job, but we went different ways to do it. So, again, 
neither is wrong. We're both there. But if I would have sat there and compared myself to you, like you mentioned this a couple episodes ago, you graduated a semester early Mm -hmm. so that you could start teaching in the fall. And I graduated on track in the spring and then started teaching that fall after you. I could have easily been like, oh, man, Farron's already getting a year more under her belt and blah, 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 blah. That would have served me zero, so that was not even a thought in my head. If anything, is like, awesome, I have Farron already in the trenches. Hey, what do I do? Uh, help me. Help me know not what to do. Like, what did you learn? It was the best ever because I could just talk to you about it. And I could be like, oh, my gosh, I did this early. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I should have waited. Yeah. Uh, so I think instead of the comparison game, leverage it and put a mindset shift on it. And how can it serve you better? Because if you're going to sit there and compare, it's just going to be a detriment to you. Yeah, I think uh, kind of a tried and true phrase out there is only comparing yourself to yourself comparing who you are today to who you were yesterday and not in a negative way but just in a you know are you trying to get you to where you want to be yeah are you making progress and putting the effort in day in and day out right are you moving in an upward trajectory i think i said this already on the podcast that's my uh like the way you say trajectory i feel like i should put an accent with it but maybe not maybe just it'll help people remember uh, I don't know what I was going to go for. I don't okay, know. I'll give you time. Oh, thank you for the think time. But that's my word for the year is trajectory, but it's upward in parentheses. Yeah. Trajectory. Uh, just to make sure I am constantly, back to that Atomic Habits book, I'm constantly, every move I make, I'm trying to, it's a vote for the person I want to be. So I'm trying to, if I need to stay up an hour and work on how to figure out what the heck marketing is, I'm going to try to do that. Because that's going to move us in an upward trajectory. So little baby steps. It's not going to happen overnight. Again, there's no secret formula. And it is going to be messy some days. And I think you just need to embrace it. That's just what's going to happen as a beginner. And are you learning from it? Or are you going to be like, oh, I've been a beginner. Dude, you've been doing this five years. Like, you are not a beginner. Yeah. You're halfway to your 10,000 hours. So why? Yeah, I think sometimes the messy part from a perfectionist standpoint comes from this could have been avoided if I was just more perfecter. And I think if you know that failures along the way are a guarantee, no matter if you're how hard you're striving to be perfect, obviously there could be a less frequent amount, but regardless, you're going to have mishaps along the way. Then again, you're not lowering your standards you can still have high standards, but you're keeping it in a healthy uh, range. Right. So another one of the points Marie makes is you need to focus on progress over progression. I mean, over perfection. Why am I saying progress over progression? Progress over perfection. So I think there, okay, I'm going to give you two coaching examples. I was in the coaching realm a, a few years ago, and there were two coaches, one of them, stud she's i've talked about her a couple episodes ago she would teach really complex drills to younger athletes and by the time they filtered through the high school system they had been doing this type of drill for a couple years and then there was another coach who demanded perfection before progression and all of their drills or performances were all very simplistic And they didn't wow the crowd. They didn't get the points they needed to. So it was just very interesting to see the example of progress versus perfection and how 
that trajectory. And that you saw the kids, they were frustrated. They couldn't do things other teams could do because they were stuck on very minute details before they even got to unlock the next level. And it was just, it was sad to see. I think that relates to people too that have been at something for a while. And so they're calling it, you know, like they've been working on it and working on it, you know, for a year or two, but they haven't seen the progress. And it might be that you're going for the perfectionism um, instead of putting yourself out there, making calculated risks, um, and really moving forward, even if things aren't perfect yet. Yes, that. so one of my friends, Emily, she gave me some advice, and she's a seven, so this is perfect. She was like, Brooke, done is beautiful. And I was like, what? Number one, you mean like, it can't be all these things? And she's like, right now, it just needs to be done, and done is good, and done is okay. And then once you get that, you can go back and tweak along the way. But if you have nothing to put out there, because you're waiting for it to be perfect, it's never going to happen. I was like, oh, dang, thanks. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Let me do that. Yeah. Oh, ultimately, it comes down to bravery, right? We can sit here and say, just do it. And you can Mm -hmm. be like, I'm going to do it. And then an opportunity (laughs) comes and you're like, well, not this one. The next next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But I promise very next time. Yeah. Oh, well, Mm. no, not... See, that one, I just, the next one. I wasn't quite ready. I forgot no. my. I have this thing. Mm. It's my grandma's birthday. Mm. Next time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next time. So, again, we can, it's easy to fall in the trap, but you just have to remember that being brave and being courageous, that means you're afraid to do something, but you're doing it anyway. Right. So, you have to remember that, yes, we all have fear. We're innately designed with a fear system in us, but it's what are you going to do after you feel the fear? Are you going to cower or are you going to be courageous? And that we covered the topic of fear our last episode. Yep. So if you missed that. Or I guess it was 44. I was going to say. 43? Fear is not the enemy. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was 43. Oh, did it rhyme? Enemy. Enemy. 43. Enemy is 43. Yep. Yes, it is. Let's go back and... And if it's not, it'll be in the show notes. That's right. Okay, the important thing also, especially if you're a recovering perfectionist, is having a plan in place when you do fail because it's not an if you fail, it's when you fail. So you need to have something set in place. So if you know, oh man, if I, if this project is a flop or if this day goes awry, I need to have a plan set in place so that way I'm not... Like for me, I go to a four when I'm stressed out. So that would be my thoughts spiraling out of control, lots of emotion there. So if I know I'm going to have a rough day, then I need to have a plan in place. That way I'm not surprised or I don't know what to do when I'm stuck in this state. I can't get my head right. And I think there's two things to plan for. One, the actual task or item not going as planned, but also planning how you can react and handle that if you are looking to improve um, your reaction to those situations. So if you know that you get flustered and you maybe raise your voice (laughs) maybe your first goal is to talk in that quiet mom voice Mm. that if I raise my voice but hey that's step one step one so if there is one thing that you can do differently like we talk about our five minute Mm -hmm. not five minutes that's not right your five second feelings yeah so maybe you 
excuse yourself, say you gotta go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. <laughs> disappear, come back promptly with a plan on how to handle it. I know when things don't go right and there's people right there and they're bombarding me and mm-hmm. coming up with ideas. I'm like, I can't, I don't, I just need to think a second, so hold your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So maybe you come up with like a, everyone, let's go silent for a minute. Yeah. Or even like, hey, hey, child, can you go find me and then name something random and then they'll go find it and that gives you time. Or if you time them. Uh, hey, I'm going to time how long it takes you to go touch the dryer and come back. Ready, set, go. And then while you're doing that, you need to do your five second feelings. And then and just say there. 27 when mm. you get back. Oh, why so fast? Great. Okay. So another thing with perfectionism, so focusing on progress, not perfection, you need to cultivate patience, which, again, that's really hard to do, especially if you want the thing right now and you've worked your butt off and it doesn't go according to plan. So you have to either go back to square one or go through a different route, something like that, and that's going to definitely test your patience. How's your patience over there, Farron? I'm just thinking they use patience because it starts with a P. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have patience. Perils and progress and perfection of patience. Picked it because it has a P. No, <laughs> I, you know, it's what is it like a coaster quote? I don't know. A com- another common quote is like anything worth having, you usually have to wait for kind of thing, and so. Um, <sighs> I just think patience is part of the process that it's going to take time. And yeah, it sure would be great if it happened right now, but then I don't know. Well, and maybe, okay. So maybe you're ready for the promotion or you're ready to launch the project, but the people on the receiving end are not ready. So if you pitch it now, it's going to fall in deaf ears. So you have to also get outside of yourself and realize that God is working on the other parts too. It doesn't, sometimes it takes a while for a heart to not be hardened anymore and you have to chip away at things and that's, you could be ready. You could be, um, and you might get turned down multiple times because you're trying to get your practice in, you're getting your reps in that way. When the guy who is finally ready to say yes, you have prepared your speech well enough. I mean, it just makes me think of if I'm trying to present Morgan in something in some sort of way, I've learned over the course of time and trial and error how to go about talking to him or when is a good time to talk to him about whatever the topic is. So I think over the course of time, you get more prepared. So, I mean, patience is also kind of a blessing, too, because that's just preparing you later on. Another P word, prepare. Oh, no. You're welcome. No, you basically put into words what I was trying to say. One, well, I'll just say all of them. So based on my experiences... If things aren't coming as soon as I would like them, I totally believe that God's got it and he sees the bigger picture. And the way I know that in my faith is stronger these days with that is from prior experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Realizing that, man, if I would have got that when I so badly wanted it and didn't understand why God wouldn't just bless me with it, you know, which is not maybe the words you're able to swallow at the time but in hindsight I can say that about myself is that like it's always worked out the way it needed to right um whether it's like big life choices or there's been times that I've seen a student do something and I'm like what in the world but then something just taps my shoulder and I respond with hey what's going on and then Mm -hmm. I find out something very there's a very good reason why they were doing that thing and I'm glad they were doing that thing and that I didn't 
lose it yes. because I would have embarrassed. Anyways. Yes. There are Seek times, to understand. Yes, that I just believe it's not easy, but I believe that if you're doing what you need to do on your end, things will happen as they're supposed to, when right. they're supposed to. I mean, this happens all the time when you're parenting your kids. Whenever you, like, let's say you have a surprise built up for that night and you're going to surprise them with a cake. But later, earlier in the day, they're like, why can't I have this cookie? And in your head, you're like, I don't want you to have cookie and a cake in the same day. Uh, I mean, I have cookies and cakes <laughs> in the same day. This is just, I'm clearly not giving an example from my life. But I, sometimes you don't know the whole picture, and I don't think we're ever going to know the whole picture to a lot of things on this side of life. So I think we just have to, that's where the faith piece comes in as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lastly, in the perils of perfection section think about how progress is still progress and what's the what's the quote where it's like even if you're running slowly you're still lapping everybody on the couch yeah so even if you're moving at a snail's pace i mean that's you're still moving you're still casting a vote for the person you do want to be or the places you do want to get to so don't get caught up so much in the oh this is taking forever right well what are you developing inside of you that's going to prepare you later on she goes on to talk about how um, don't judge your flops too fast. So I think there's actually a whole children's book about all the inventions that yes. came because... What is it? The boo-boos that changed the world or something? A hundred boo-boos or something like yeah, that. We've yeah, we've talked about this before because yeah. I remember linking it in the show notes and I'll do it again. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, there are so many things that have been invented when the inventor was trying to create something else and created that instead yes ah i've been trying to make this glue oh wait i made post-its uh thank you yes thanks guys (laughs) for actually leveraging that that's the other thing you need to leverage whatever it is so whatever's either it's something is happening to you or something didn't go your way you need to be able to leverage that for growth because either way you're going to leverage it for something so is it going to be for gain or is it going to be for pain Ooh, i didn't even mean to do that Just that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, But the don't judge your flops too fast. So I like this story too. Marie Forleo talks about how. So she does have a dancing background. She started later on, but she saw that there were open tryouts for a Missy Elliott video. Shout out, Misty Misty. If you if you remember good old Missy Elliott, so she tried out, didn't make it. But she realized that it was preparing her for something else anyway. So that gave her all the experience. So what happened was she got to the tryouts and the choreographer was like, okay, you need, we're going to go over this eight count, ready, go. Went over the eight count once and said, okay, you guys are trying out in five minutes. And she was like, (laughs) okay, wait, number one, I didn't realize this is what's going to happen. But sometimes you, that's why you need to go try out for things. Because you learn how to what the freaking game is you're playing. Mm-hmm. If it is trying out for a music video and you don't know how to memorize eight counts quickly off the top of your head, that's good information to know. So you need to go and experience that, fail a little bit and realize, okay, now I know what I need to practice before I go try out for another music video. Yeah. You want to get better at interviews? Go on more interviews. Exactly. <laughs> Start writing down the questions they ask and mm-hmm. you'll notice a trend and you can... You're not lying, but that gives you time to think of your answer and put it more eloquently. Right. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm one of those like, oh, I had a better answer for that. Or, man, I said this, but what I meant to say was, you know, Mm -hmm. so. 
I, okay, so I still think about one interview question I answered poorly from years ago, which is so one of me. But it's just funny how you say that. Like, you have to go and experience these things so you see what the inside looks like. You're never going to know unless you actually try. Mm -hmm. So there was one anecdote. There was a student who really wanted to try out for cheerleader, and we kept encouraging her, do it, do it, do it. You got this. What's what's the worst that could happen is that nothing. You are where you are right now, not on the cheer team. And so – I found the cheer coach the next day. I was like, hey, did this girl go try out? And she's like, nope, she didn't show up. And I was like, oh. And she goes, here's the kicker. Everybody made it. Who tried out? Mm. And I said, oh, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. We had whatever they ended up taking was whoever tried out. And she's like, and we would have taken her because she's better than some of the girls who tried out. I was like, oh, my gosh. If this girl would have just showed up for herself, she would have been on the cheer team. It just, sometimes you just got to show up, and if you fail, okay, you're in the same boat you were. Yeah. I'd rather uh, live with the experience than the regret in that situation. Ooh, ooh so- say it again. <laughs> live with the experience than the regret. Yes. But that doesn't apply to all situations, right. you high school kids. Mm. No. <laughs> but just, you know, you don't want to be an old person in your rocking chair thinking about all the things you wish you would have done. Right. Um, I heard someone say, I think it was on the the Happier Project, I can't remember who's the lady's name, but she said, you know, sometimes like memories are around when something goes really well or goes really bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the bad stuff, a lot of times you can laugh about it now later in life. Right. Um, but you're not going to have those memories from living mediocre mm-hmm. on the couch surfing social media. Exactly. So I was listening to Trent Shelton the other day and he talked about how he has a lot of conversations with 90 year old Trent and I was like wait what because you know how you always go back oh man if I could have told my younger self this 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 he talks about talking to his 90 year old self and how like look Trent you are going to regret this thing if you don't make a move right now and so that helps him kind of keep the perspective so I've thought about it talking to your younger self but then speaking into your older self are you going to regret sitting there scrolling through social media whenever we did the math for it a couple episodes ago and you could get like 48 work days it's like okay i think i'm gonna take two months off to work on my passion bye boss like you could have done that already yeah okay the next section would be characteristics of progress versus perfection so there's a chart in there and i like how basically it's if you're getting reps you're gonna improve along the way so the more reps you are gaining um, the more, uh, it's just like a chart, more reps, more gain. But yeah, it's not a straight line towards growth. Sometimes it's all swirly, but you're still upward trajectory. So on the chart, it's a little T chart. Like an example would be of perfectionism. I can't handle another setback. I'm too weak. This is too hard versus the progress setbacks and obstacles. Bring it. Doing hard things makes me stronger. So again, it's those mindset shifts, the fear-oriented versus the curiosity-oriented. Here's another example, perfectionism. Nothing is ever good enough. I can't show this to anyone until it's perfect. And then progress. Done is better than perfect. Real-world feedback helps me learn and improve. Did Emily get that? Oh, my gosh. This book came out after Emily told me that. Emily told me this, like, 
two years ago. I was like, oh man. She's a genius. Oh yes. Shout out Emily. So it's just, it's cool how it just says it right there. So if you need the chart or if you have the book, it's on page 190. It's, it's easy to look at. It's kind of like when we talked about the mindset shift with positive rephrase or in grit, when we talked about, um, the stuck mindset versus growth mindset and how you can easily change your perspective just by the words you're saying or thinking. So if a lot of people are like, oh, words don't really mean anything, absolutely they do because those are the thoughts in your head. Thoughts become actions. So there you go. Yeah, I'm having to um, jump on that bandwagon as we read more and more books. You know, knowledge is power. That's right. But I used to be like, what? Just because I say it's going to be a great day to myself. Like, that's going to make it a great day. Uh, but no, it turns out that if you wake up, here's the thing. If you wake up and you're like, man, it's going to be a long day. I'm exhausted. I got to get this all done. I have three children. Same as the day before. <laughs> Same as tomorrow. It's yeah. Being the mom and working is how, guess what? Your day is not great. So you may not have like bought into the positive phrasing but how is the negative phrasing working for you so it's worth a try and i'm here to tell you it does help to positive phrase and the research shows that when you put it into your brain like that thought your brain tries to make it happen exactly so i like it that's back to the ras with your brain looking for the certain things and seeing more of it if you look for the the reasons the day is going to be long Your brain is going to find it. But if you look for the reasons the day is going to be awesome. Yeah, it may be a long day. You have a lot of phone calls back to back to back. Or you have this big project you have to work on. Either way, the day is long. But you can phrase it totally differently. And then you'll feel different depending on which way you pick. So it really is all in your control. I used to get annoyed when people were like, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. Mm -hmm. Like, get out of my face, poster. That same thing. Yeah, with the cat hanging upside down. No. But it's true. Hang in there is what that was. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Anything like hang in there or you can make it. Why don't we rephrase some things to where it's like you're going to grow from this instead of hang in there or you're going to make it. Yeah, you're going to grow from it. So, again, how can you rephrase little things you've been telling yourself? We also learned in good old Psych 101, Lisa Brown. Uh, that the self-fulfilling prophecy thing. So if you do think you are going to fail at the test, you more likely are going to fail the test. Or if you think you are going to be successful, you are more likely to be successful. So again, the more you speak life into yourself and others, the more they're going to perform. Yep. And again, I just, I know it sounds too, I don't even know, but just think about what you've been trying and how's that working for you. Try something else. Mm Mm-hmm. I like how, I mean, we talked a lot about this in the Grit mini-series about getting out of your comfort zone. It's that chart of there's a circle, and it's labeled your comfort zone, and then there's an arrow pointing out of the circle, and it says where the magic happens. So if you're not willing to risk anything, no risk, no reward. Mm -hmm. So you can stay stuck, or you can have some sort of trying to go anywhere. Again, if you look at your current choices, are you really challenging yourself and if not then why would you expect to see or experience any change right and here's a little little light at the end of the tunnel once you do that uncomfortable thing a few times it 
gets swallowed up by your comfort zone mm-hmm. because you've developed it and gotten better at it, and so now you're comfortable with yeah, it. You've expanded your comfort zone. But back into the dark tunnel, you got to get out again. But mm-hmm. something that's uncomfortable will not probably always be uncomfortable. Right. Um, another thing, it's so it's just funny how it just goes back to the basics that we've talked about, or we've been we've been in school and they've taught us about. It's your rough draft. You need to write your rough draft, and a lot of people who are afraid to write or afraid to go try the new thing, like oh, it's gonna be bad. It's a rough draft, rough draft for a reason. It's gonna be ugly. When I would coach kids in soccer, we would, hey, we're gonna learn a new drill. It's a little bit crazy, but we'll be all right. Um, they used to be so nervous about it, and I would always just tell them, the first one's always ugly. It'll be all right. And so like, oh, yeah, okay, the first one's ugly. It's fine. And it was not as ugly as I ever thought it would be because they were like, okay, it'll be fine. We got it. Mm-hmm. So you can do hard things. You just have to make sure you know that you can. I wonder, too, how many people out there have even created a rough draft. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, can't you commit to yourself to at least do that? So if you want to do a blog, okay, Write a rough draft. And once you get go, sometimes you just need to get started. Mm -hmm. So if you have to tell yourself it's a rough draft and just get that started, you might be like, oh, that actually is pretty good. I'm going to get that up. How do I do a website? How do I do a blog? Yeah. So even just speaking from personally, if you go back and listen to episode one, We sound like robots because we're like, yeah, oh, it's weird. Got like a shaky voice. I'm so nervous. It's, and then we went, <laughs> I don't remember what miniseries it is, but it, we like, because we batch record everything. So you had a cold oh. for like four episodes and then I had a cold for like four episodes. So one of us just sounded weird. Extremely. <laughs> so again, th- these things happen and just know ahead of time we batch record all our sessions. So if one of us sounds sick, we're going to sound sick for like four episodes. So sorry about you. It'll be all right. (laughs) We ain't perfect. We will survive. So the next section in this book is called mind the gap. And I don't know if that was a nod to Brene Brown or not, but it's or the Brits. Yeah. Look at that. So (laughs) (laughs) to, to all, to all, but it's the same thing that Brene Brown talks about in her daring greatly book that we talked about at the beginning of this semester about making sure it's the gap between where you are and where you want to be. And what are you doing to pay attention to the gap? How are you going to close the gap? Um, Just remember that everyone who's ever been successful ever has failed multiple times because that's the, the difference is successful people and unsuccessful people. This is, this is, the successful people are the ones who keep going and the ones who are not successful are the ones who stopped. Yeah. Yep, you're going to have to um, um, try again, try something new. Um, giving up is, I'd say it's easy, but I bet if you ask the people that gave up, they probably that probably sits heavy with them most days. Like, what if I hadn't given up? What if I hadn't quit? What if you're one idea away from it? Mm-hmm. That makes me think of, there was a sermon series we did about Jericho. So in the Bible, the promised land was, so God gave the Israelites the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, and he was leading them to this land, but they had to go certain ways or travel through the wilderness or go and conquer certain groups of people to get to the next phase before they could get closer. So again, they're traveling for all these years to get to the promised land, 
So Joshua's the leader at the time of the Israelites, and they get to the town of Jericho. And so basically God's like, all right, you need to do this. And they had to walk around the town of Jericho once every day. And so the plan was everyone gather all their things. So we're taking the Ark of the Covenant, all of our stuff, and we're just marching around this wall. And so, of course, what do you think everyone on the inside of Jericho is doing? Oh, this is dumb. We're just oh, walking. Just, or, I don't want to do this. And everyone else is like, what are y'all doing down there? <laughs> so, again, that's not in the Bible. We're just making yeah. it up. But um, they are supposed to walk around for seven. They ended up walking around for seven days. And on the seventh day, the walls came tumbling down, if you know the song. But they're walking around once every day. And the people are not sure what's going to happen. They're not seeing progress. It's not like the walls are starting to crumble. Right. Or... Like, oh, a rock fell. We're getting close. Like, yeah. Mm. And so they just had to trust God's plan and follow and be obedient, even if it sounded preposterous, didn't make sense, was outside of their realm of imagination. Um, God's got this thing. So finally on the seventh lap, the walls came tumbling down. And so just think about... What if you're on lap six, mm. but you don't know you're on lap six? Mm-mm. I mean, you don't know. You don't know until you have the breakthrough and you're like, oh my gosh, what if I would have, what if I would have stopped yesterday? So and again, not looking in your favor. Right. Exactly. You just look like a fool in front of your enemy. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at me. I'm carrying around this arc, looking here, <laughs> walking around. So again, uh, don't stop on six. You don't know if it's your sixth lap. Um, you could be fast approaching the seventh lap. So you'd be doing yourself and all your hard work and injustice if you didn't press on. Okay, so the next section of the book talks about progress. I'm glad you remember that story, Brooke. I love it. Progress puts you in a productive mindset. That is the next section in the book. Okay, so she actually has a quote from Carol Dweck. And if you, we've talked about Carol Dweck before in the Grit miniseries. So people like Carolyn Dweck. Caroline Leaf, Angela Duckworth, all of those people are studying hard work and mindset and how those things are leveraging people towards success. So again, Farron, go ahead and read from the book. What does it says? The quote? Yeah. It says, you're in charge of your mind. You can help it grow by using it in the right way. So using your mind for good and not evil. That's right. And so when she says the right way, you can infer that there is a wrong way. Yes, it's like, uh, what's the superhero quote? Like, with great power comes great responsibility. responsibility. See, I know that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so your mind is obviously a very powerful tool, and you can use it for good or you can use it for evil. Right. So we are actually, this the book series after this we're doing is Switch on Your Brain, and that's by Carolyn Leaf. And she's, again, in that realm of these people talking about mindset. And I like how their qualitative research is now, they're now being able to prove like decades worth of research to say, hey, if you do have a positive mindset, then you will be more successful. We are proving it with more research. So again, I think I'm going to take that risk. Yeah, let me try that. And even in my own house, like if the house is destroyed as it tends to be, and I go to clean, I usually don't want to. And I pick at first a small task. But in completing that small task, I quickly am like, okay, I'm up, I got it, mm-hmm. give me like the tough stuff. I like to, once I get going, start with the thing that's going to make the biggest difference. That mm-hmm. way when I get that accomplished, 
then I'm like, sweet, I'm mm. already halfway done. Mm-hmm. So it's usually like dirty clothes all over the house. If I go, I might start by throwing the trash away on my end table, like from uh, candy before bed, not recommended. But sometimes there's candy wrappers there. So I might start with that and some floss. Anyways, throw that away. And then I'm like, oh, well, let me clean up the dirty clothes. And then like the house is halfway clean. I start with the Legos mm. because I find them everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if I can get the Legos up, you can see the floor. I yes. just want to, I don't want to step on anything. And I think I want to see the floor. I saw, <laughs> I saw a video. It was how to prepare for parenting. And mm. I was like, I wonder what this is. And it ends up being a spoof, and it's this bucket of Legos, and the wife is dumping it onto a treadmill, and the husband is power walking over <laughs> it on the treadmill. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness! It just the visual of his face. I'm like, yes, everybody has made that face who has stepped on a Lego. <laughs> yes, it's awful. Well, so I like that idea, Farron. Of okay, what's one task that it and it depends on what works for you. Is it the one if being visual and it getting the most stuff out of the way helps you and that even though it's your biggest task but that helps your mindset do that one first if it's i need to just get this one little task done that's going to get me rolling then do that one first so you just need to trial and error see what's going to work best for you if it's pick up the dirty clothes because that's a huge load off your plate great or if it's pick up the legos because i can't see the floor then do that if that's the thing that's bothering you the most i had a friend tell me that um she needed she need to exercise, and I was talking to her doctor, and her doctor said, just walk to the mailbox once each day. And she's like, really? Like, that's it? And he said, do it. Come back and see me. And next time she saw him, she didn't do it. And it wasn't because it's actually hard. It's the putting on, you know, your tennis <laughs> shoes. Like, just putting on your tennis shoes and mm-hmm. go. Finding the time, just making the time, getting up and actually doing it. And that's what he said to her. He said, you know what to do. You can do it. Mm-hmm. You, you used to be an athlete in high school. It doesn't need to be that hard. But essentially, it's the just, like, lace up your shoes. That's why we. That's why this podcast is so valuable to me. Because anyone can read a self-help book. Anybody can grab Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable and read it. Great. But are you involved in a community that gives you tactics on how to apply it? And are you actually following through and being accountable with it? So again, we have the Facebook group for accountability. You can email us. We are happy to talk back to you and communicate. Not talk back to you, but communicate with you. But again, anyone can read a book. Anyone can run a mile. Yeah. But are you going to have the accountability and the community? Anyone can buy kale. Anyone can buy kale. Are you going to eat it? Or is that going to trash in seven days? Compost pile. (laughs) Feed the rabbits. Whatever I got to do to not eat the kale. (laughs) (laughs) Use it as like in the restaurants when they serve something on the kale. It's a garnish. Because it's pretty. Mm -hmm, Yeah, that mm -hmm. word. Thank you. I got you. Wow. So yes, again, whatever's going to put you in a productive mindset. Remember, back to Newton's laws of physics, an object in motion stays in motion. An object at rest stays at rest. It is really easy to be a couch potato once you're stuck. It's really easy to walk to the mailbox after you've done it once or twice. So again, stay in motion, and that's going to help you. Mm-hmm. All right, so again, you can change your mindset at any moment, and that's another one that I don't know. So as a nine, the part that I like about a four is sometimes it just feels 
good to be down mm-hmm. and depressed and in a dark, cloudy spot. And so um, I've definitely reflected on that changing your mind or your mindset or feelings at any moment is that I used to be like, no, you can't. And then I'd be like, well, actually, if I'm being honest, maybe I like the way I'm feeling right now. And it's I don't want to. Right. So a want versus um, a capability. Right. And you can, you can, it's, yes, feel your feelings again. Mm -hmm. Five second feeling tactic. Feel your feelings, but don't live in them if they're detrimental to your life. You can't stay stuck if staying in that depressed state, uh, visiting it, checking in with yourself, feeling sad, pick yourself up then because you cannot remain in sadness. Number one, no one wants to be around that. Number two, that's not productive to your life. So we have sad is normal. Living in sadness for an extended period of time is not healthy. Mm-hmm. It won't fix what you're sad about. Right. Right. And, you know, you could be sad about something that's not fixable. But that is why, like in Inside Out, mm-hmm. you can have two feelings or more at the same time. Yes, man, that was a really big breakthrough for me maybe about a year ago. How you can hold grief and joy at the same time. And Farron, you mentioned this, how you tell your kids, like, it's okay to miss, you can miss me and mm-hmm. still have fun. Oh, that's perfect. That's a great example. So that stuck with me ever since you said that. I tell them that often. Mm -hmm. And then, oh my gosh, one of my friend's moms passed away and then she was standing nearby when I said that once. And I was like, oh crap. Because I just was like, dang, maybe I'm, I'm preparing them someday for when I'm not there. Right. Right. I mean, and that's... And who knows, maybe the person you were standing by needed to hear that in that moment by proxy. I don't even know if they or, heard it, but I was one of those like, oh, I just said, oh, wait, oh. But yes, you can't, it, you don't need, you can feel happy and sad that your mom is gone. Mm-hmm. You can feel those two things at one time and not feel guilty about that. Yeah, it's the guilt piece. Yes, and we know guilt is uh, straight from the devil, the shame <laughs> and the guilt. So again, you've been forgiven of all your sins. If you're a believer, um, you're not guilty anymore. You don't need to carry the shame around. So you can be happy that your kid just did this awesome thing, but you can also be sad at the same time that your mom missed it. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay. Yep. Doesn't feel great, but you can have both. I think the more you can wrap your head about around that, it is uncomfortable at first because you do feel guilty at first. And then later on, you're like, okay, no, okay, if my mom were right here, she would, or if she could come back and talk to me, she'd be like, why the heck aren't you happy for your kid? I'm happy for her. Come on. So, again, hold grief and joy at the same time, and that takes practice, because mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a thing until later adulthood. So, things I would tell my younger self, you can hold grief and joy at the same time. All right, so we are wrapping up this. No, we are not. How is there still more to talk about? Insight into action? Yeah, it is. It's the... Mm-hmm. Do you want me to say wrapping up? Nah. Okay. Up next, she has her six tactics to practice. If you are a witty and gritty podcast person, you know that you love tactical, practical, actionable steps. So she lays them out for you. So step one would be take small steps and ignore the big drama. So have you ever heard people who are like, I don't like drama. And in my head, I'm like, you're the most (laughs) dramatic person I know. If you have to say that the person we're talking about right that's kind of like oh i'm a really good athlete if you have to tell people you're a really good athlete you're probably not 
or if you have to tell people you don't like drama, you probably do. So again, be careful with that. So again, perfectionism, it loves drama. Like, oh my gosh, you messed up that one thing. Cue the inner critic. So make sure you are taking the small positive steps and you're ignoring the inner critic. And that comes with daily habits. Oh, that's what I was going to say back when you were talking about something maybe 10 minutes ago. There was a guy who, the walking to the mailbox. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't remember where I saw it. It was on TV and he talked about how he had all his workout clothes right where his feet would be when he got out of bed. So before he even put his feet on the ground, he already had his shoe, his socks right by the bed and his shoes on the floor. So when he put his feet down, they went right into the shoes. And so that was because he talked about, I will not get up and go do this thing if I'm not, if it's not convenient for me. Mm-hmm. So making it convenient for you. Lisa Lett in episode eight, I think also talks about, it is episode eight. She talks about how you need to make reading your Bible or your quiet time or whatever uh, convenient for you. So she goes into detail about how she has everything set up on her nightstand Uh, ready for her in the morning and if her son comes in she has a plan for when he comes in and if he's awake so again what's gonna set yourself up for success and make sure it's a daily habit yes and along those same lines that you already kind of touched on is to plan ahead for problems so with Lisa Lutz example she knows that sometimes her son is going to wake up early so I believe she would have the iPad Mm -hmm. ready um, for him that was something that he knew how to work It was quiet, and she knew it would keep him occupied so she could finish her quiet time. That's perfect, Farron, because that's step two is plan ahead for the problems. So if your kid does wake up or interrupt, um, so sometimes when we're going to do a Friday Night Live, I'll have a plan set in place for the kids, or we've got something going to where they will not interrupt the time I'm talking to you. Sometimes they do break in and find a way, but... We try to minimize that. But you can use these tactics for work, relationships. Um, You need to think about what is going to throw you off. So we talked about this, like your mother-in-law, Betty. I don't remember what episode she's in. She's in the Grit miniseries. But she talks about how she has to check her email first thing in the morning because then she sets up the whole day. But if that email alert, the ding, ding, is going to stop your task, what you're doing, I have to go check this email. Okay, now I have to restart whatever I'm doing What's going to get in the way, even if it's something little like your notifications going off? So her her advice to you is anticipate and brainstorm and prepare. And my tidbit here would be if you are hiring people, that would be a great task for an Enneagram 6. Hey, Enneagram 6 hire, what is going to go wrong in this plan or what are possible disruptions and have a plan when that happens? I'm like, okay, on it. I already did that already, actually, because that's how my brain works. Yeah. So I think of when people can tell you exactly why they can't do things, and it's great because they already are planning the problems. Mm-hmm. But ne- the next step is solving those problems. So um, a lot of times I don't ever want to start a big project um, around nap time for the baby because sometimes she'll sleep for an hour and a half, and sometimes it's three hours and I would be so frustrated because you don't ever know what to expect. Right. But man, if I just plan a project that's an hour and a half instead of not doing anything because I don't know how long she's going to sleep, that's way more productive. Right. Um, so I had to set aside my three-hour project and I'd just be in a pit of 
pity party on that and do nothing. Instead, I could have done an hour and a half project. Maybe not exactly what I wanted, but still got something done while she was asleep. Or even take your project and chunk it into two parts. Where's some good... (laughs) Not necessarily you, Darren. (laughs) Other people out there. (laughs) Where's a good stopping point in case... The baby wakes up. That might be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Step three is expect and embrace self-doubt. So this is something we call imposter syndrome or a lack of confidence. You might say like, oh, I don't have enough confidence to do this or I'm not ready enough to do this. Um, You're not ready because you've never done it before and you're never going to be ready. So start before you're ready. And that's one of the chapters we're going to get to. Uh, Or did we already get to it? I think we did. It was last episode. So, again, you you can't let the self-doubt stop you, especially if you know God is calling you to do a certain thing. It's your job to step up. Like with Moses, like, oh, sorry, Jesus, I can't go talk to Pharaoh because I stutter. And he's like, oh, okay, we'll send Aaron with you too. Oh, dang, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I guess I'll I'll go now. Because if I come up with an excuse, you're just going to either, a whale's going to swallow me or you're going to send an Aaron. And I think we use the word self-doubt to cover what it really is, to mask what it really is. Is it fear? Is it comparison? Is it, you know, perfectionism? What is it? So Mm -hmm. I would dive deeper into that self-doubt and figure out where that's coming from. I like that. That's a really good idea. So boil it down. What is it really? What specific, what is the specific thing you're doubting? Okay, now go further. Why are you doubting yourself? Okay, and then what's going to happen? So that's just like a quick walkthrough. Nice idea, Farron. Thank you. Woo! Step four is ask, what's the next right move? And thank goodness Farron wrote this post maybe like a, a year, six months ago? Me a and year Emily, ago? man. Everyone just keeps <laughs> taking our good ideas. <laughs> so Farron wrote a post on when you're feeling overwhelmed, the, and the, basically the solution is do the next right thing, and she breaks it down, and it's awesome. So again... If you, you might not have the whole roadmap, which that drives me nuts when I don't have the whole roadmap, but I've gotten used to that over the course of time because all you can do is just take the next right step because are you going to just stay stuck on the step or are you going to go down steps? No, I don't want to go backwards. I think I'm going to go forward. So you might only get to see the next step. And I do like the word right in there because sometimes I get caught up in like what's, what I should do or could do. Well, I should and could do. A lot of things. <laughs> right. So um, when I give myself the word right, for whatever reason, it helps me prioritize it. Yes. It, and it's more of like outside me totally could have done that, but trying to calm myself down from the inside out using the word right, mm-hmm. correct, best for myself and others, right move. That's good. Um, does help. Step five is use the power of positive quitting. So we're not saying stay stuck in your dead-end job that's killing your soul. So again, if you've gone as far as you can, you've given your best effort, and it's wiser to get out, do it. Like if you're investing in something or if you're starting up something and it's just eating your money and you're starting to go like, oh, are we going to go in debt? Then if you've given your best effort and you've gone as far as you can, then it might be wiser to step back. If you got to think about it, like what are you trying to prove? Is there... If you're trying to stay in it, I don't care what happens. I'm going to stay in it. Like, Okay, so why? Is it because you're trying to prove something to someone? Are you insecure with something inside yourself? So make sure you're thinking about that. Um, I had this conversation with a friend recently, and I think it was 
Well, it looks bad if I jump from one job to another without being at this job for a while. And I'm a really loyal person, but that's going to make me look like I'm not a loyal person. And so I try to explain, like, why do people know you to be loyal? And it's for all these other reasons besides staying in at one job at one place for a long right. time. Right. And so just because you're choosing for many good reasons, this little coaching call we had, she her moving to this other career, this other same um, career field but different place of work um, isn't doesn't mean she's not a loyal or committed person. Right. Um, she is very loyal and very committed. So, step six is again focusing back on cultivating patience. Remember, um, people didn't make it overnight. It might take you three weeks, three months, three years, how long ever, however long it takes you to do what you're called to do. Um, the important thing is that you're not making it about things other than God. So I heard something really cool. Um, I guess it was yesterday. It was Garrett Gunderson. He is wealthy factory or wealth factory. Um, he talked about how a lot of people are in the have, do, be mindset, which is, oh, if I have X amount of dollars, then I would do these things. So I would be this kind of person. And we need to flip that around. I want to be Christ-like, so I will do these things, and the byproduct is I will have these things. So again, if you're making it about the end result, we're missing the point. Yeah, which, I mean, the society that we live in, it's very easy to do, um, but it's probably not rewarding or what we're called to do. Right. Remember, there are no shortcuts to anywhere worth going, so you're just going to have to be in the thing for the haul. But hey, you'll get there a lot faster if you start. <laughs> right. It's not a shortcut. Yes. But, uh, okay. Keep going. And the insight to action, that's at the back of every chapter. Um, we're just going to name some real quick. She's, she gives you the prompt, if I didn't have to be perfect at it, I would try dot, mm. dot, dot. Yeah. Which even just that one statement, I'm like, ooh, I would try so many things if I didn't have to be perfect at it. Yeah. So think about that. If you didn't have to be perfect at all, what would you try? And that might be a kickoff to where your passion is lying. So think about that. What are some possibilities if you focused on, what are the possibilities if you focused on the progress, not the perfection? So whether that's with relationships or work or whatever it is, what are the possibilities? So that makes me also think of her prompt of, wouldn't it be cool if... Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing you can do is brainstorm some chip typical challenges and anticipate them. You can reframe your self-talk. We talked about this a lot too, say, saying yet at the end of your sentences, I can't figure out how to code yet. There are free courses on how to code, by the way. I don't know why I know that. I don't know any coding yet, but there's that. And then five small things you can do today to make progress towards your goal. And then one small thing you can do right now. So think about that. So that wraps up chapter eight, progress, not perfection. And this is Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable. We do have chapter nine and 10 and then interviews. So that's a little bit of the outline afterwards. Awesome. That was a good episode. It was a doozy. We gave lots of advice. Lots of anecdotes. Lots of free coaching for y'all. Enjoy. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this mini-series. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.